Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX, a podcast created for other Fragile X families to share their stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. If you have never heard of Fragile X before, this podcast is for you. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. All right, welcome back to another episode of Talk FX. Um, I am joined today with a amazing friend, Andrea. I had the pleasure of um, connecting with, oh my goodness, I feel like collectively it's been over a year ago. Oh yeah, absolutely, um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and I have to say, Oh my goodness, it has taken us quite some time for yeah. our schedules to align, but mm-hmm. it makes for such a funny story. I know. Um, Andrea, when did we have that like phone call? Like that was like so much fun. Like uh, I... it was like for over an hour, we just talked about everything. Oh man, I don't even... Was it like a year ago? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I reached out and I was like, hey, I like your podcast or something. And yeah. I was like, it's been really, you know, impactful for me and my family and with our new diagnosis and whatnot. And then I think you were like, you want to be on it or something? I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure I ran for a good year there, ran away from you, <laughs> ran away from the subject, ran away from all things. And, uh, and then and- I reeled you back in. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, but for real, I think like the timing is just really beautiful and ridiculous all at the same time, like so many different things, um, allowing for this actual moment to happen. Uh, just like, and, and even just, just to get right into it, just being able to be confident enough to even talk about Fragile X, like for real, a year and a half ago, I wouldn't even be able to have a conversation with somebody without like just losing it. So I'm just, this is, this is like a huge stepping stone for myself. And I just appreciate you giving so many people incredible, like just this platform to be able to talk and yeah. So grateful for that. Grateful for the space that you've created for this world. Jeez. Well, you're way too kind. You give me too much credit. It's really, <laughs> it's really a collective effort, you know. Um, yeah. It's it kind of feels like it's not just me doing this. It right. feels like I'm working um on this with the whole, you know, community. So Yeah, absolutely. Um why don't you share a little bit about yourself and your family and um, just kind of dive right into that. Sure. Well, um uh, we are kind of transplants we've lived a little bit of everywhere um yeah we my husband and I met in Chicago and we uh, then moved to South Carolina for five years and then into Wisconsin for three now and then who knows what's next so <laughs> we're just kind of all over the place and um I we are a musical family uh, my husband's a worship pastor and we met actually by joining in a band and so naturally, my firstborn, um, he was like keeping a beat before he could even like walk. Like Aww. it was, it was crazy. And so Noah, who is our oldest, he's six and he has full mutation fragile X. And um, I've got a three-year-old Nico, and now our Naya. Naya Rose, she's our baby girl. She's three <laughs> months, and uh, so that's that's the whole crew. That's awesome. They're yep. such beautiful names. But yeah, they're I, just, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> I love them so much. I, I mean, tell that at all from your photos. <laughs> my, my girl, Maya, she is like the star. Like, <laughs> I think after two boys and to have her, it's like, oh my gosh, this is heaven. Um, no, it's been so fun. And the, I think the boys can attest to that too. Like, they've really enjoyed um, just love, loving on her and learning about babies and just like, it's been really cool. Aww. So, yeah. So, um, at what age was your son diagnosed with fragile X and how did, right. you, how did you come, um, 
to to the conclusion that you that you wanted to you know get him tested right so when in South Carolina we so that's when we got married in South Carolina and then Noah is our beautiful honeymoon baby so we jumped right into parenthood and marriage all like boom boom at the same time Mm -hmm. and and so when he was born um he had like a, a foot that was turned out and that was just like the start of like um our health journey I like to say with him and so then we would go to like you know PT and we would put a brace on him and then it was like oh he's kind of grunting he's not really talking that much or he has a hard time like kind of saying what he needs or whatever so we're like okay a little bit of speech therapy and so we kept kind of being in kept being involved in therapies and and um we were encouraged to go get uh, an ASD test and um then and and then uh I think that was really hard for me too is because I was not very aware of like you know maybe he's on the spectrum maybe he's not like I was so scared of the word autism which is just such a shame and I was just really, I didn't know. I didn't know how to process everything. And I was like, there's just no way. I don't think that he's autistic. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, I grew up working with an autistic boy and it just didn't look the same. And it just was a challenge. So they basically were like, well, you know, this is maybe around three years old. He's like, he's got global developmental delay. I'm like, oh, that's very broad yeah <laughs> yeah I'm like I don't know I what don't are know. you supposed to do with that I'm like yeah so basically they were like come back in six months and compare your child to other children and and tell me if you think that he's on the spectrum and I was like I just don't think it so we joined uh, a program to help like kind of re like balance uh, his brain in a sense like it just was like looked at the overall child and um I don't know if this is too much detail or like, <laughs> this is the story. <laughs> um, but they, but we did two out of the four months because in the middle of all of this, we, you know, we're getting kind of somewhere. Um, we moved, we moved to Wisconsin. And so when we went to move to Wisconsin, I was like, so we didn't finish the test. We didn't come back to, for the ASD test. And I was still convinced that it's just, maybe it's something else. And I was like, we're coming, we're getting, we're going straight for the testing. We're going to genetics. Like I really thought, um, and had heard of like deletions, like, oh, there's, I don't know, chromosomal (laughs) deletion and oh, maybe you just need some more of this protein and everything will be fine. Um, and so we got one of those, um, microarray tests, I guess. Is that how you say it? I don't even know. But, um, yeah, we just went right for it. And then the, the geneticist was just, telling us um hey you know we're gonna do this test but I also want to test for fragile x have you ever heard of this and he explains it to us and I remember thinking to my husband no but I don't know but that sounds scary I mean I don't like it sounded Mm -hmm. I don't even know what he said I can't remember what the geneticist shared but I was like what in the world is that and so and so we get the results maybe pretty quickly maybe a couple months later and then, uh, yeah, he shared with us on the phone about my son. And and then months later, uh, I believe I got tested and found out I was a carrier. And, yeah, wow, did everything change. I mean, it sounds crazy. Like, why would anything change just with knowledge? But mm-hmm. it felt like everything did change. And um, we were welcomed into into a world that, we never knew existed and never knew we could be a part of. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of a million little details within there uh, that kind of led us to this point, you know, different frustrations, whether with like um, schools or caregivers or just like trying to figure out why our son is not like um, meshing with everyone. Like it just feeling like he was, different but no one knew or no one knew what to tell me and so Mm -hmm. I feel like we literally looked under every rock like we got his adenoids checked out we got like a head scan we got a sleep test like all of these things 
at, we were like, man, we're just going to go right to it. And we did the blood work and yeah, it was, it was, it was a really, really tough first year for sure. Mm -hmm. Just like finding out. Um, yeah. So, uh, is anyone else in your family affected by Fragile X that you are aware of? See, that's the challenging part, right? Like, yeah, you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> How right. does this happen? And do I want to know? Like, all of yeah. these things you <laughs> ask yourself. You know, I think for a year we kind of felt like, man, like the curse of knowledge, like this is so hard and I, I wish maybe we didn't know. But that's honestly looking back, I don't think that that's true. I just think that that's just part of a, like that living grief that you Absolutely. deal with and and any any sort of you know, any sort of news when you get anything really, you're just, uh, you'd be in shock. But, um, so then my, that I talked with my parents about it, which they've been pretty open and I'm really grateful for that. And, uh, my mom got tested. Actually, I think my dad and my mom got tested because I'm pretty sure <laughs> genetics is very confusing and I'm like, everybody get tested. I don't know. Just somebody. <laughs> yeah. Go. Um, and uh, so then my mom came back a carrier and then, then of course, then me, uh, a carrier, a premutation carrier. And then we just got our results back from, uh, my, both my other kids. So Nico and then Naya, and they're completely unaffected, which is just like so surreal. And I felt so many different things when I heard that. Um, yeah. And just because, you know, when we were going through this diagnosis process, you know, we only had Noah and Nico. And so, like, the journey to be able to talk about family planning was, like, tremendously difficult. And mm -hmm. I did not – I didn't know what was next. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm – I'm so grateful for what we do have. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for Noah. I'm grateful for my, both my children, either affected or unaffected, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it just, you felt so much when you, when you hear that, you know, I, I was expecting to have a conversation with my daughter someday, you know, about what she may pass or mm -hmm. about the difficulties. And um, I don't know, it just, you think, you think so far ahead in advance, you know, and you, oh, yeah. you worry about things you don't necessarily have to. Um, so anyways, that's, I, and yeah, so that's kind of been our, our experience of only like, man, maybe two years into this, um, into this world, but yeah. Yeah. That's well, first of all, I remember you, uh, texting me about the mm -hmm. update and I was so, you know, um, happy for you, but I know that, you know, when we talked a year ago, uh, on the phone, mm -hmm. I just, um, remember us kind of connecting on the fact that no matter what, uh, our children are, you know, gifts. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was so, uh, that was so surreal for me to be able to talk about with someone else because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's just sort of a difference of opinions for yeah. <laughs> lack of a, you know, better word, but, yeah. um, it, it, it is the way that, um, quite frankly, the, the Lord had a uh, plan for you and your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you talk about how your family members got tested and, um, you know, after my, my cousin Nathan was mm -hmm. diagnosed, um, my, we, we ended up finding out that my papa was the, um, uh, like carrier um, oh, that started yeah. it all basically because wow. he was diagnosed with Vaxtas wow. um, and Parkinson's disease. So mm. he passed it on to um, my aunt who is a premutation carrier. And then uh, she, she, and also my, my mom definitely has it because mm. I'm a carrier. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. However, it's it's very interesting to me because I still don't know all the details of how this 
particularly works actually mm-hmm. now that I now that I think about I know it, right <laughs> now that I think about it randomly um <laughs> I mean my aunt's a pre-mutation carrier but I'm a full mutation carrier mm-hmm. however I'm not affected by the you know cognitive or behavioral delays mm-hmm. um which still interests me um I know but basically that that um that you know diagnosis is just dependent on the cgg repeats that show up on your genetic testing and mine was over the amount that they you know have to say whether it's pre-mutation or full mutation Hmm. well and not only that you know females have two x chromosomes so um, that other X chromosome masks, uh, often masks those symptoms for mm-hmm. females. Yeah. So, um, but it doesn't mean that they, you know, aren't still carriers, which is, you know, generally the case for, um, females is they're just pre-mutation carriers like yourself and you right, your, right. your mom. And so it can be so confusing to find out, mm-hmm. you know, at once and, Everyone yeah. processes processes it Absolutely. differently, um, yeah. and because you know, not only are you learning about like for for me like or maybe your cousin too like your your, your my son like yeah. his whole body and his world but you're also learning about yourself and like I'm like what what do I have what do I need to be aware of like yeah. what have I had my whole life that I never even knew until I'm 28 like mm-hmm. I mean it's it is it's really challenging and I think like taking on information bit by bit was probably something really wise someone had shared with me is just like take what you can like don't overload and like that's mm-hmm. what I would encourage anybody to is like all even all of this like I don't know if I'll ever be able to explain genetics but I'll try yeah um, <laughs> right like we're talking but um yeah I mean it's that's it's it's a lot yeah it is because you know like you said we more the majority of people in the fragile x community you know even at least that i've even had on this podcast they mm-hmm. they didn't even know about right. fragile x until either uh they were until right, after right. their child or until right. after they got married it was always until after the fact basically in some in some way and so but I you know I'm I was actually one that um was what I'm I'm eternally grateful that I found out about um my my genetic condition um at a young age Mm -hmm. but not everyone can say that right um my aunt can't say that she found out you know after having my cousin you know you found out after having your boy right so everyone is in a different place and but we can all you know the beautiful thing is we can all still come together and um, you know, support and encourage and, and share each other's resources because right. that's that's what a community is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like without that, where would we be? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And like, and I think to maybe kind of go deep in a sense is like the weight, the weight that of knowledge that you have once you do know Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think when I found out, I felt like, I felt like I was told I shouldn't have any more children. And that like broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me this, right? Like no one said this, but this was like that, a weight that just was like, you know, the knowledge. And, and I think honestly, hearing so many different women's stories and like whether they choose to continue or to discontinue or um, whether they choose genetic testing or, wh- or however amniocentesis, all those big fancy words, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we, I all, I look at all of them and I think I understand, like I, I can see every side and it, and it hurts and it's hard. And like each woman, like making decisions or going through a difficult, um, uh, like getting pregnant, like a, a mm-hmm. really de- challenging, challenging time to be to get pregnant and like that's that's a a hardship in itself and um I don't know I just I feel like 
I feel comfort in the fact that there's all these women we share the similarity, but also like mm-hmm. everyone's making different decisions um, based on you know their conviction or what they believe in or you know all those things. And I'm it yeah, it's like you you aren't alone and you can empathize with mm-hmm. this whole community mm-hmm. like. I don't know if I totally dovetailed or like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I just, I just remember feeling so many different things. Like when, when we found out and, and then like how to continue and yeah. like in, in our family planning. And that is like, was so hard for me. And I, then we were able to get pregnant. It was kind of like uh we were trying, not trying. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, phew, I didn't have to make a decision. (laughs) Like, I felt like I had to, like, I don't know that that part is so sensitive. And like, when people would just like ask you all the time, like, you know, are you having 100 children? Are you going to have more? Like, when's the next one? And it just was so, so sensitive for me. Um, I don't know why exactly. I mean, I'm I'm sure if I dug really deep in my heart and soul, I'd find out why. Well, you but know, I I understand what you're saying because people will like, you know, I've only been married a year now, which is, um, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, we've been married, so it was a year in May, and you know, I I get people asking me all yeah. the time, like, you know, when do you think you'll have kids? As if yeah. it's like easy so easy pop yeah. them out you know yeah which I totally know that they're coming from a you know a good yeah place. like know. they're just happy for you and everything but you know it's it's a reminder that uh, with, uh well females with yeah. the carrier status some do experience that early menopause right. Um, so it can not always be an option for some carriers and that in itself is really, um, heartbreaking. And honestly, I think, um, when I, when I got tested and, and got my results and I was sitting in my genetic, Mm -hmm. the results, I remember her saying that, um, I was not at risk for early menopause, but, Um, I still think that it's a good idea for women who, you know, want, who are carriers who want to have children Mm -hmm. to get, um, you know, a, um, uh, uh, see like where you're at with your, you know, egg count Mm. because you can get those, you know, Mm. tests done. Um, so I actually do plan to do that, um, here in the near future. Because I think that it really just helps you on your journey of yeah, um, yeah. knowing yeah. where you're at as a carrier and knowing, you know, just what your options are. And um, so I actually plan on doing that. And mm. um, I feel at peace with that decision because if if I can know where I'm at with, you know, my odds you know of getting pregnant then why wouldn't I sure right yeah yeah absolutely not everyone has Mm. to worry about that and that's also right right but um yeah so that's something that I you know recently made the decision of but um in regards to you know yeah thanks um in regards to you having you know now you 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 know for sure that your uh, other two kids are unaffected by mm-hmm. fragile X. Um, how do you feel? You know, the you know, sibling dynamic is currently going and how do you think that um, yeah. how it'll go as they, you know, grow up? Because I've talked with many family, several kids, but um, it's so interesting because there's another woman, oh, amazing woman that I know, um, Kirsten, who um, just wrote a book on Fragile X. She has three kids with Fragile X syndrome. And um, it was really interesting mm. to hear how she shared about how they interact with each other. So I'm oh, just yeah? Here, yeah, I mean, she Neat. had some really sweet things to say about how they um, 
how they love on each other kind of differently. And so I just wanted to hear like, how have you seen that in your kids' life, especially knowing that your other two, like I said, are, you know, unaffected. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, the start of it is, has to be how the, like us as parents, like how we view Fragile X or how we view my Mm -hmm. son and how we view disabilities in general. Like it really does start with us. And man, once I felt like I got a little better of, of, I don't know if I want to say philosophy or just understanding of, of how my son is wired and how he was made. I was able, to, I feel like I was able to look at Noah and Nico because that was mostly the two of them at the time because Naya was in a tummy and, uh, <laughs> and she, you know, and seeing the moments when, you know, your two, three-year-old kind of might excel in something that your five, six-year-old isn't. And that's kind of hard. Um, it's not kind of hard. It is hard. You know, you, you, there's an expectation that one is, should be, should be right. All these shoulds Mm -hmm. um, be somewhere and the other one is not. And I was thinking, you know what, how are we going to teach this in our home? And my three-year-old is Nico. He's so vocal. (laughs) He's he's a little whippersnapper, man. Um, He, he does not miss a beat. And so if Nico or if Noah, um, my oldest is a little bit slower at something or he doesn't respond as fast as Nico would like, he'll be, he'll tell me, mom, he's not responding or he's not, or he won't say that. And it sounds really grown up, but mom, he's not no, answering or like, yeah. 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 He's like, mom, you know, or, or um, or uh, Noah, I'll do it for you. Or he'll like say things like that. And, and in those moments, I try to use them as, as teaching moments that everyone's going to learn differently. I said, you know, buddy, you know, it's okay. Like Noah's going to take his time, but he'll get it. Like we can do this and we're just going to let him take his time on this. And you know what? That's so awesome that you could do it really fast. That's great. Mm. You know, and I really want to make sure that, that Nico's skills are also just because Noah might not be able to do everything. Like that he also gets praise for them because I mm-hmm. want to, you know, champion him and I want to champion Noah and his timing and the way that he does like, like bike riding was huge for us. I am thinking, man, I don't know if Noah will ever be able to ride a bike. He's, he's got hypotonia along. So that like floppy baby kind of, that's what they say, floppy baby, but he's not baby, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? That um, low muscle tone and And both of them started learning about like at the same time. And now it is so, I mean, it's a little frustrating sometimes, but (laughs) we we work on it. And the fact that like, like Nico gets such joy of helping like Noah. So there'll be times when I like let him help like, oh, he's stuck. And Nico will like jump off his bike and go push his brother. And like they made it a whole game and they thought it was so (laughs) funny. And then there's times when I'm like, okay, now Nico, we're not going to do that again. You're, we're going to let Noah try to figure this out. We're going to let him try to get really strong legs and push through getting stuck. Cause there are those moments where Nico's not always going to be able to help his brother, um, might not always be there right next to each other. And so like teaching like the independence, uh, and individually, like the things that Nico's great in and the things that, um, Noah is great in, you know, they both have so many beautiful strengths. And I think like just looking at both of them and, and kind of explaining, I do a lot of, I feel like explaining <laughs> like, you know, and a lot of, Hey, we don't need to, you know, rush him. It's okay. If this puzzle takes a little bit longer, that's all right. That's great that you're fast, you know, or whatever. Um, so I think, I think just talking alongside of both of them has been really amazing and, um, and, and has helped and has helped there. I mean, the two of them, their relationship is really beautiful and I know someday it might not be (laughs) like typical (laughs) brothers, but, um, but also, you know, um, Nico might not always be there for Noah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, teaching that independence is just, is important as well that that to kind of sometimes separate the two and yeah enjoy those strengths and Mm -hmm. man they and Noah is so great with Naya like 
those I, I really thought that the boys would just ignore her when they she came home <laughs> like, I really <laughs> thought like yeah 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 baby sister whatever um but they are on top of it Noah comes down he's like hey good morning mom and uh where's Naya so no. like, I'm like all right to bit right to it buddy um and they are just so tender so sweet and Noah was so on top of taking care of her like he wanted to change her diaper and like get the wipes and like I think that's really huge too it's like giving Noah all these tasks that he absolutely can do he finds so much pride in doing like wipes and diapers like taking <laughs> out trash like you know all this great you know throwing a diaper in the trash you know in the trash do- doing it running an errand for me or whatever like that and um I think that helps just with like the bond between everybody and um yeah, just like normalizing the different paces of learning. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's exciting for me. And I, that's, it's a joy to watch them figure things out together. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds like it's such a um, blessing because your um, middle son is able to uh, be an example of, you know, those typical behavior sure your older son. yeah yeah um so he gets that um that opportunity every day to um to learn from his mm-hmm. younger brother um, yeah and I really do you know uh think that that's a neat opportunity and um just for the younger siblings to be able mm-hmm. to just kind of hold their older brother's hand and help them through life. Like that's so cool. And- yeah. And I think, think about like that, the, the empathy and compassion that parents try so hard to teach their children mm-hmm. that you get it like right in your face when you're at home. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when someone is different or like, how do you treat them? Like you, like Noah and Nico and Naya, they get it right in the home of, of what do we do? You know, how do we respond when something isn't, you know, maybe it might be abnormal or uh, when Noah's really, really upset and we can't figure out why, like, what do we do? You know? And, and um, I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity that, um, that they get to learn that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, I think that's something that you can't, obviously you can't buy but it's just like (laughs) it's special it's really special and you know what's really funny too is like I was at a I don't know I was like a mini retreat for moms with kids with uh, any sort of like complication and they had these questions and it was like asking different things like you know, and they, it was supposed to, it was meant to be funny. It was meant to be like, like, let's laugh at life for a second here. You know, <laughs> when was the last time that you had to clean poop off of something? I mean, okay. I just went, oh. right, I went gross, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the questions were like that. Or like, when was the last time that you had to go find, uh, or uh, like a very particular toy because your child had to have that. So all these, all these questions, uh, came up and, Nico, my middle son, his name kept coming up. I kept having these stories for him. And he's my typically developing child. And he is just a firecracker. And we have to work through so, so many emotions. And you know what? I just laugh because a lot of the things like particularness, like a lot of the things that we would might classify as what Fragile X might have or someone with maybe a challenging disability, like, um, Nico is like a, a real three-year-old that is just <laughs> really, really can't stand it when things don't go exactly how he thought and like will get very distraught and how you have to work through lots of emotions. So, you know what? It, they both, they both have their things. They just, they <laughs> do. They both have their things and that's okay. And it, it makes it quite, uh, yeah it's very entertaining (laughs) it's It's like with any anyone really I mean whether you have a neurodiversity or whether you're you know typically developing I mean you can say that about marriages you can say that about uh brother sister relationships like 
whatever it may be, we all have our little things. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's right. so funny how most of the things that you shared ended up being. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh my gosh, Nico is gonna give me a run for my money. Sounds <laughs> something, like it. but it's great. It's it's really great. Uh, they they teach me a lot. <laughs> well, now that you have. Now that you have three children, I was realizing before we even like hopped on this um, podcast recording that um, I have never asked a family this, but I think it's like really um, helpful for others to hear. So now that you have three kids, how do you find the time to just, you know, spend with your husband one on one? Um, how do you guys go about that? Yeah. Especially right now because your your youngest is young. Yeah, really young. You know, um it's very it does feel like you know when you're in like a really large bed, it's like a king bed, right? And you got <laughs> one adult here, one on the all the other side, and you're like reaching over. It feels like, okay, you know, you're so far away. <laughs> and um and uh it's what it feels like with all of our children in the middle. Um, but it's a, I know that the season is not going to be the way that it is forever, but mm-hmm. uh, we get that sweet little maybe hour and a half after the kids go down to bed. Then Naya is up with us. And um, I, honestly, it is really tender because she's really fun. Um, and we just get to hold her and look at her and enjoy because the rest of the day was crazy. And, you know, and I and it's just mm-hmm. a little bit quieter. So. Oh man, um, we've got some great people that we've entrusted our kids to and and with. Like they'll definitely watch them. But man, we've been we've been pretty busy ever since she was born. So we haven't done like too much together. Um, but we did go to the conference just my husband and I and Naya, and it was like so great. It felt like awesome. traveling just it was so it was actually really easy like I'm ashamed to kind of say how easy it was with a baby (laughs) I don't think you need to be I I was shocked it was just just like a joy secrets I I don't know I don't know maybe I'm like way more chilled out maybe I'm calm maybe I have no time for drama I don't know yeah (laughs) but um no and that was like really 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 valuable and I could talk about the conference for like ever but um it was so so we get our moments, moments, little That's pockets awesome. of time. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. So you did go to the conference. Um, uh, could you share just like maybe yeah. one, or, one or two takeaways that you and your husband got from it? Oh my gosh. It was so good. I would just like, I would say to anybody, like, just please try to go, like, just try to go. I think honestly it was because we weren't, I wasn't like sharing with my husband five different articles that I looked at in a day. And like, I'm like, Hey, Hey, did you read this one that I sent you? And like, it just was so, it was concentrated time. It was set apart. It was, you know, designated just for the two, two of us to be able to talk about everything that we were like digesting all at the same time, you know, and, and taking. And, um, it was, it was good that we were able to just like focus on, mm-hmm. on just one thing for what, four days or something like that. And, um, I, I think any like new diagnosis families like should try, even though it can be a little bit scary and intimidating and there's lots of science and like, um, I think one of the board members, I, I had asked her something and she was like, well, you know, my advice would be just like, take what you need for right now. Like you don't have to go to every one of the sessions that are like talking about adulthood, like go to the ones that you need just for right now. And I was like that, cause I have a little bit of FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out. So I'm oh like, how am I going to be able to get to every one of these? And, um, <laughs> you can't, it's just impossible. And so you pick and choose and, um, it's, and it's great. And, uh, and so that was awesome advice, awesome advice just to be able to focus, um, and not try to take on too much. And, right. Um, Cause you're there, you're in a different spot than, you know, all the other families. Yeah. 
there. And, you know, what you said kind of reminded me of, um, of a parent that I had on the podcast, like several, several months ago. Mm -hmm. And her biggest encouragement was, um, just focus on your child's, uh, development six months at a time. If you can. Yes. Yeah. I remember hearing that. Yeah. That's what you can handle sometimes. And when you start to think too much about yeah. uh, the future, like their adulthood, maybe when they're only like four right, or five years right. old, not that that's bad because no, I think a little yeah. bit of thought into that is good, but I think it can become overwhelming and yeah. um, there's so much more um, when you can focus on that, you know, certain amount of time uh, and it helps, I think you to just better um, prepare them for that adulthood, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I feel like, you know, as, especially as a newly diagnosed family, it's so important to focus on the now, even though it's like so much harder than, than said, but, um, or so much easier than said. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's, especially when, You've never heard of fragile. Yes. So yeah. hard to focus on, okay, what do I do now? Right. You know? What's next? Absolutely. Because you're still being in shock over, over yeah. everything. But and, um, and honestly, like, you know, everyone talks about this community, like how great it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in Wisconsin and I know nothing and no one. And I'm just yeah. like Facebooking people like all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then I met like a bunch of people and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like you understand. And I just like looked around and I saw all these kids. And to be honest, at first I was having a really hard time. Like I didn't know, like seeing my first adult with Fragile X would have such an emotional impact on me. And I'm like mm-hmm. in the check-in line at the hotel, like bawling, like just bawling my eyes mm-hmm. out. I just was like, what is going on? And I, and then it was like a comfort. It was like, wow, they understand. Like each family has their own story. Each family understands the, your heart for your child to have just the absolute best. And then to like sit next to researchers who are dedicating their lives to bettering, uh, you know, the lives of these families of my family, like, oh my gosh, how cool. And got to sit down and like, casually chat about genetics <laughs> and, <laughs> and disabilities and frustrations and joys like at dinner and just chat with with uh Dr. Rondi and uh and and just many 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 amazing people that like we could just chat with like so chill like this is okay I can like talk to you about this at dinner and like yes everyone wants to talk about this and it wasn't weird. Like it was so cool that you could just like be like, Hey, what are you in for? Like, how'd you get here? (laughs) Tell me your story. And, uh, just really, really, really cool, really precious time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved just to be specific. I loved, uh, I think Ann Hoffman, she's a speech pathologist from Chicago and, my husband, I really enjoyed her talk on just being like communication. And one of her biggest things on, she's like, if you only get one thing, like, and you take one thing away and you start to apply it and it's effective, like good. Like that just let's, let's champion that. Like, that's amazing. And it was stop asking so many questions and start commenting with your child. Mm-hmm. Like start like commenting alongside rather than like answering answer or asking like a, a straight question. So I know I could talk a million years about that, but um, <laughs> I'm very, I exaggerate a lot. Wow. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I'm just, I, that was one thing that we, you know, for sure took away was like, yeah, we can like apply that right now. And it has been extremely helpful as far as just communication and like daily living. Um, Man, just and oh, by the way, we got tattoos. My husband and I. I don't think I told you this, Nicole. No. Oh my gosh, we got fragile X tattoos in San Diego. It was hilarious. It was like oh, nine, nine o'clock at night with our baby in some <laughs> random neighborhood in San Diego. Literally the last hour we could possibly do something before our flight, and like the next morning, and we got matching like X chromosome tattoo. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, you're gonna send me a. <laughs> I will. I totally will. I totally will. Oh, so great. to everyone listening, apparently the thing to do after a conference is you get, get a, a tattoo. tattoo. 
you know but it's like it's just to look back a year and a half ago and be I don't even know whatever time it was and and from where I was to where I am now being able to go to a conference being able to talk being able to talk with other people to talk with my family about it openly like that these are huge things for me in my like journey with fragile x that like hey if i got to get a tattoo to be okay with what i've been given then heck tattoo it is <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and um and you know it's I, I feel like I came back really changed from just like the, the conference was like a, a, I guess a milestone or a marking point in my, in my journey. And it, I've felt more excited um, than ever. And, and yeah, this, I guess it reminds me of, of the joy and yeah, that we get to be, in this world, uh, in this fragile X world. And, um, yeah, it really just amped me up so much. Got some ink. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to like be a part of the fragile X community more, probably more so virtually, but it's another thing to be a part of it in person and just like witnessing other families that are on the same journey as you. I mean, nothing like that. And yeah, Especially, I think, with it also being, um, I think this was the first uh, conference back in right. person. So yeah. there yeah. was a lot of, you know, specialness in that as well. Yeah. And I really wish I could have gone in person. It would have been so fun to meet you guys. And I know. Um, next time. Next time. I know. Um, and there was this family, this couple that we met, uh, they just found out like three weeks ago that their child had fragile X and then they like flew I think it was like from a different country I can't even remember what it was and uh they yeah they flew and got they came (laughs) right over to the states I mean like we'll do for resources so beautiful I mean like just just amazing those are amazing parents right there like we're gonna go and we're gonna learn and yeah, it was, that was really, really cool. And you know, you get, you get all these names, like you have a question about puberty, like, boom, I've got a specialist that like knows fragile X and it works with tons of kids and you can ask that question. Mm-hmm. So that's just really, that's yeah, really valuable. So, so. What kind of, um, uh, like, supports to are you able to have you know where you live for your son as far Mm. as maybe like speech or maybe OT goes um how is it for you um where you guys are at yeah I mean we we switched around a couple times to two different um uh therapists and so now we're just doing OT and um I've really enjoyed that and, you know, it's been a new, like a new place and I have really enjoyed seeing Noah be way more comfortable. It was pretty, our transitions are really hard into therapy. It was, we were always crying, very upset to go in. And then mm. we just kind of took a break for a while and, um, we tried like, what is it? Horse therapy or equine therapy. And, it was, it was okay. And, you know, we tried that thinking like, this is supposed to help his core and like, you know, all of these things with great intention and purpose. And then, um, we, so we're a part of a waiver program, which has been a a amazing blessing for us. And they've given us so many different resources for Noah. Like you need a trampoline so he can jump 2000 times a day. All right, here it is. Like a little mini trampoline in the kitchen. Boom. And it's like, they've really, really helped us, um, better our lives to, as, as a family. And, um, and so we, so we've gotten a lot of like, I don't know, those kind of unique therapies, like, and then we said, well, let's just do something that he enjoys. And so now we're doing drum lessons and we tried golf and like, I know those aren't all like technical therapies, but we looked at it like he's enjoying it like let's do something fun like let's just have some fun and honestly the pressure has been off so much that it's been really really good for all of us so 
I mean, we're doing probably bare minimum, honestly, for therapies. Like we go once a week uh, to OT and uh, we've been trying to work together with homeschooling. And so that's been kind of a different world Mm. after coming out of uh, kindergarten where therapies were, he was there for three half days and therapies were kind of in and out of his little like half out or half day, like window of time. Um, and it didn't prove to be very successful. So we're just kind of re reevaluating our lives <laughs> and trying yeah. to, um, start over. You know, we were, we were going from, you know, multiple crying spells a day. Like it was really hard, um, not knowing what was exactly wrong or what mm-hmm. upset him or what happened. Like he's really, he's really articulate, like truly is. And then something would happen and I, and then it would just be trying to sort through his emotions for 20, 30 minutes. And now for the past like month, we've been um, really cruising, like really able to get through our day and our family life has been like the quality of it has increased so much. Like we're all able to like function pretty well through a day. And, um, and that, I think that's, I mean, that's been amazing. So anyways, it's always a trial. So I I don't know if I really answered your question. So we're making, we're making it up as we go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm making up my own services. I don't know. I just. No. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you know what's going to work for your child and try it? I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like just try. Sounds like quite, um, you know, it, it really does from what you said, um, sounds like your guys' willingness to just try whatever works for your son. I mean, um, that's amazing in yeah. itself. And, you know, really just taking the time to listen to him um, in a way and like paying attention to um, how he does with uh, certain things. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, just it's, yeah. it's all a very patient learning process. Yeah. You know? And I think like when you take that pressure, like you like away, then Mm -hmm. you're able to enjoy, like we were just frustrated with soccer, like, Mm. because he just, it was too much. It's so overstimulating the directions the just like, he does like soccer, but like, I think really what we wanted is we wanted him to just do what everybody else did. And that's not cool. Like, you know, even if he was typically developing or not, like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to project that onto your child. Like, let's find out who exactly God designed them to be and let's mm-hmm. have fun. Like, let's, I don't know. I just, I take this, sometimes I can be super serious and like take life way too seriously. And I think just taking that like little bit of edge off and finding what they're good at and like expanding on it is mm-hmm. so important. Um yeah. And I think we've, we've just had a blast more, more than just being like, here, here's a horse therapy. Like you have to do good at this, like, and stop crying. And you know, you're allergic now that horses <laughs> you sneezing right. the whole time. Like, Oh, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just trying, just trying everything and scratch that off the list. But right. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel like, you know, during this um, journey for you and your husband, how do you feel like, have you felt like your, your faith walks have been strengthened um, in this, you know, journey of not only having a child with fragile X, but having three children? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, mm, a journey is like the only word for it yes. <laughs> because it is a process. Like it was really, I didn't, I mean, again, I had somebody share with me that first year is going to be really hard. And then mm-hmm. they were right. They were right. I wish I just would have looked at it like that. Like this year is going to be hard and that's okay. And just giving myself a little bit more grace. And, mm-hmm. um, we haven't always been on the same page. I, you know, there have been times when I felt like I was carrying most of like the shame or the guilt or frustration and that my husband, he has such an incredible calmness about him just naturally. Like he's a crazy jokester, but like he is so calm and I am very not. And 
And I That's just in my <laughs> husband. Yeah, there you go. Well, he's then the you're calm not... one. I'm the yes. What? What? Like it's so it's so good. Like it's so good. But you have to like let them do what they're good at. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I was like, "Why are you not freaking out like I am?" <laughs> Being mad at that. No, I mean, I think now more than ever we have been like on the same page and like being able like to allow God to shape the way that we view life, like Mm -hmm. success changed the definition of success changed, you know, like when you're told that your child can't do something or most Mm -hmm. likely won't like, you're like, well then what matters? You're right. Mm -hmm. What matters? You should be asking yourself that. And I remember like, and I really believe God, like just just reminding me like what control do you have like my son Nico my my daughter Naya like who's to say what they will do in life what so what college or no I don't know like and I don't mean I'm not bashing formal education okay (laughs) I'm not bashing I'm just saying like you don't know what will happen what what if they can't drive a car what if they don't want to I don't know all of these things Mm -hmm. that we think are so important in milestones like we don't know. And I'm just going to take it at that. And I feel like God is really like chiseled away at just ideology, like of that things need to be a certain way uh, in Mm -hmm. order to be successful. And we've learned to simplify life and uh, what a beautiful thing that is. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I think we all wish that. And, um, he's teaching us so much just about ourselves and then not just through Noah, but just through parenthood in general. And as, as we should all be learning a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, marriage is that mirror, but like having kids is like a double mirror. I don't know. <laughs> is there such a thing? Uh, <laughs> double sided? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, where it's like, Oh, magnifying glass. That's it. That's it. That's a good one. Um, just about yourself and, um, and about who God is. And like, you know, you ask yourself so many questions about, you know, God and creating things and like who God is and who his character is. And, I mean, there's been a whole year of questioning and of, of frustration of like, you know, trusting and believing, like, do I really believe God, you know, made my son, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I do, I think I can confidently say that. And I know that might sound silly, but it was a question for me for a while of, well, do we just say that God makes perfect kids like kids who are healthy and then like the kids who aren't Mm -hmm. you know what are we gonna say about that I don't know I I know that I just dived dove into you know theology and stuff but it's (laughs) stuff that you 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 question and I'm just gonna be honest about it and absolutely um and I'm I'm yeah it's been a challenging bumpy road and there's definitely times when I don't really understand but trusting that that God's will is sovereign I think that's the biggest word is like if he's really in control of everything then he's in control of everything and we get to trust in that and not be you know he's not caught off guard he's not surprised and what a joy what a gift to be able to trust in that Mm -hmm. well what a lot of what I feel like you're talking about is um you know what society's version of success looks like and what God's oh, sure. yeah. success looks like yeah. because, you know, those two are on complete opposite ends of yeah. the spectrum. And, um, you know, I, I've actually recently um, had on my heart how we as a society need to do better at um, educating others about, um, those that are on the, you know, neurodiverse, Mm -hmm. uh, side of things, because if we don't, then that, uh, definition of success that society has is never going to change. Right. Right. And I, it is my life's goal to break that and just kill it. Um, Yes, girl. Because um, I don't think that anyone should be held to, you know, the same standards if, you know, they're just um, 
not on that same journey, you know? And yeah, it also goes for, um, I think what you were saying about, um, perfection, because nobody is, is perfect. We are all created imperfectly because, you know, the fact is whether, you know, some people listening or not, that's totally their choice. Um, Mm. we've all sinned. We've all, you know, done things that are, uh, dumb and, but that's what has, that's where grace comes in. And that's what we're given, even though (laughs) we don't deserve that. No, Uh, no, absolutely. But, um, you know, I, I think that like, as you were talking about each of your kids and not knowing like how they'll, uh, grow up and what their likes and dislikes will be. Well, that's because the Lord created each of them individually Mm -hmm. and so intricately and so intentionally that, um, why should anyone have any specific expectations for them? You know, um, just like society in general, you know, no one should have any, there should not ever be any set expectations for people. And I really hope and pray that we get to a point where that is, you know, understood Um, because our neurodiverse peers need our support now more than ever, you know, especially in our education um, area and in the general community in employment, because that's where I work in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) I have lots of frustrating stories, but I'm sure, you you know, um, as, as a fragile X community, I know that um, we all, I'm sure hope that and pray that one day, you know, our children will be able to uh, get jobs and be able to, um, you know, provide for themselves in, in as many ways as possible, you know? Um, And how are Mm. we able to do that unless everyone's on the same page? Right. So um, I feel like I got down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but no, I mean, that's you were saying absolutely reminded me of that. Absolutely. And I never understood that like I had those maybe hidden expectations. I was like, I'm not really one for like big flashy things or like, you know, I just, I didn't think I had that, but, but then when you get a diagnosis like this, it's like, Whoa, I guess I have a lot of hidden things that I'm kind of maybe sad about or, or nervous about. And um, yeah. And like realizing like advocacy and um, just making it known is more important now than I thought beforehand. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're going through that very personal time of understanding what does this mean for my family? Then I feel like I'm in the spot where it's turning outward, where it's like, like, I, I just, not that Facebook's real life, but like, you know, I just like posted for the first time ever about my son and, as I feel like I went quiet for a whole year plus, cause just so much. And, um, and, and I just kept posting about it and trying to educate and encourage and, um, normalize a little bit of like different families, uh, out there who might have known me from here or there. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know the questions they have about their child or whatever. And, Um, you, you know, knowing what it's like to feel really alone and I don't want that for other people. And so I don't know, I guess like I, I, I get it. Like I, I understand, I understand why we have to talk about this, why that we pray that for the generations to come, that there would be way more opportunities and understanding, honestly, gosh, our world needs empathy Mm because it's, I mean, yeah, I don't see it any other way. We need that. <laughs> we need empathy. Yes. But um, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I know that um, that t- I keep going back to that time that we we chatted on the phone. Yeah, I feel like we talked more deeply about you know these types of things, and it was just so encouraging. And mm. um, I'm just so incredibly happy for you and your family, and just. Thank you. Um, the blessing of, 
of three children and yeah. you know um I have not quite decided how many <laughs> how many kids we want but 700 I mean, I, yeah <laughs> more exaggeration <laughs> I think my body would like fall oh, apart I know <laughs> I know I know um I mean even just hearing about the families that have like four children I'm like I would I would cap it at three (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but it's just amazing you know what what the Lord provides us and um well just because uh for the sake of time and I know that you're you're a little bit um ahead of me um man I just so much appreciate your willingness and and bravery to come on uh this podcast it really is just such a um uh blessing to just uh have you on I know like we were joking about it took so long for us to get here but I think it really is yeah absolutely yeah I probably wouldn't I would I don't even know what I would be saying a year (laughs) earlier like well I never know what I'm uh, saying so don't ever get tested it's sad it's horrible no it's so not so not yeah oh my gosh it's a joy so Oh, the process, the process. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much uh, for hounding me <laughs> and for making this work and charging your iPad battery. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I cannot tell you how annoying hilarious. that was. And you just sent me a text. Oh, like you thought it was so funny. And all I did. I thought it was funny. No, I was like, like <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited for people to just listen to your um, story and just your wisdom and experience. I I know it's not so easy to be, you know, um, open and vulnerable, uh, but I appreciate it more than you know. And I know that everyone that tunes in is going to appreciate it. Um, Oh, gosh, I hope so. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because I think, like we were kind of talking about, we can all learn from each other's stories, and I'm excited for people to learn from yours. And Mm. um, I know that, and I I hope and pray that I I don't scare you away after this. No, not Um, at all. No, not at all. In fact, I look forward to whatever else is next. I know. Well, I mean, I'll have to talk to you um, later about the project I'm working on. So, yeah, please do. I don't want to reveal it on here, but um, secret. It's a top secret. Got it. Um, (laughs) Secret mission. (laughs) It is a secret mission. Um, I will have to tell you about it, but. for the sake of time, I know it's so late for you, but oh my gosh, I thank you so much. Um, did you have anything uh, last minute you wanted to share before we kind of wrap things up? Hmm. I don't know. I guess like because it's so fresh for me, I I would say, um, I would say find if if anybody like receives a new diagnosis or they're just in this journey is uh find your people mm-hmm. um is don't give up it would be it does get better the things that are hard now might not be hard later mm-hmm. um and i know that might sound all cliche but it's actually true <laughs> i'm yeah. living through it um Absolutely. and the things that might uh you know hurt your heart now uh might not always hurt the same and mm-hmm. so and that God is closer than you think and that he is still good even when it seems really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. what I would that's what I would say. That's my send off. Boom. Oh, and, and get a tattoo. Yes. <laughs> get a tattoo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Federal legs for life. Yeah. Oh man, you're going to start a whole new trend. <laughs> so, oh boy. Tattoos after the National Fragile. Yes, oh. let's go. Or maybe we'll bring like tattoo artists to the conference. Be oh, like, yeah. let's do it. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I will meet you there. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I love it. Well, thank you so much, of Andrea. Course. And- thank you, Nicole. Oh, my gosh. It's a pleasure. And um, we will chat again very soon. Okay, good. Good, good. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>